Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Uh, Good morning, beloved Genesis community. And Michelle, thank you for introducing your scripture reading as the ongoing story of God's extravagant love for the world. Our second reading this morning is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become become children of God, who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory. The glory as a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is only the Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The word of the Lord. Hey, thanks, Bob. Uh, You are a wonderful scripture reader. Thanks to my son, Ben, for his amazing harp playing. Oh my gosh, thanks to Rajan, the queen of announcements and all things. Thanks to Will for his amazing guitar, saxophone, and voice, you guys. And I wanna underscore, make sure to get on our YouTube channel and watch the rest of the 12 Days of Christmas videos. They are all just amazing. 
they're so good. I've been sharing them with my family and on Facebook and stuff. And so I am, woo, it's so good. It's so amazing. Our little, our little church has so many musicians. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, and I hope you're counting the amount of times I've just said amazing. I think it's at least a dozen. <clears throat> Our vision ever since the very beginning, it'll never change, is that we uh, exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. And you're going to hear three stories today. The first from Laura Gronewig, the second from Adam Lamorell, the third from Hannah Twyman. They're going to talk about the ways in which God has been inviting them into new beginnings and how they've responded. And so a word about new beginnings, they're not always shiny and bright. They come in all shapes and sizes, just like we do. Sometimes they're hidden and hard to find. Sometimes they're uh, sad. Sometimes they are bright and shiny, but they really, uh, they, they come at all moments, like a great flowing river. We believe God is always inviting us to become and to expand and to keep going. Thus, God, she invites us to new beginnings in every moment. And in receiving an invitation into a new beginning takes courage. It takes uh, delight sometimes. It takes a commitment to joy and a commitment to continually become. So you're going to hear these stories and they're wonderful. But before you do that, I want to read a poem. You've heard it before, but it's from John O'Donohue, the late Irish poet. This one's called For a New Beginning, and it's out of a gorgeous little book called To Bless the Space Between Us. In out-of-the-way places of the heart where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you are ready to emerge. For a long time, it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on still unable to leave what you have outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety Woo! and the gray promises that sameness whispered, heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent, wondered, would you always live like this? Then the delight when your courage kindled and out you stepped onto new ground your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plentitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm for your soul senses the world that awaits you. Amen. Now let's welcome Laura, Adam, and Hannah. Hi, Genesis friends. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. We made it. It's like really surprising, right? But we're here. Um, I am very excited to be here and chat with you about some of the beginnings happening in my life. Um, and I'm going to start with uh, the happiest one first, because happy endings at the beginning are awesome. So 
Um, by the time this video shows, my husband will have gone through his last chemotherapy round. He had it on New Year's Eve. Um, and so he will have done the last one. We still have to get through the results of that chemo and I'll still be immunocompromised till like the end of January. But, oh my goodness, it's a very relieving feeling. And um, the good news is the scans say that it worked and that he will be in complete remission. Can I get a hallelujah? Um, that's Chip's cousin, Enid, by the way. Anyway, so thanks be to God, sincerely. Um, 2021, already looking up, but you know that bar was like really low. Um, for me, husband getting a cancer diagnosis, him going through chemotherapy, trying to get two kids to do distance learning in a language I don't actually know. Um, making sure my two-year-old lives as well as her six-year-old brother that doesn't have a working pancreas um, and doing the part-time therapist gig during a worldwide pandemic where you can't be near people or somebody might die. I mean, I guess that's not really that hard to beat, right? Um, that whole you can't be near people or somebody might die thing was pretty rough for me, um, especially since I learned about what my route of safety was this past year. Turns out these things called routes of safety are like trauma-informed love languages, which makes my therapist brain explode with happiness. My route of safety is a thing called common humanity. That means that I feel safest when I feel like I'm being heard and seen, when I know I'm not being judged, when I'm laughing with others, sharing experiences, having hard emotions validated, having vulnerability reciprocated, having my boundaries respected, and seeing advocacy and meaningful change. So this past year in a socially distant pandemic where my husband has lymphoma and hangs out in hospitals, well, I feel rather unsafe. It became a whole thing. But do you know what does make sense? Why I started creepily stalking new people on the internet. <laughs> you see, I overheard empathy, vulnerability, validation, and a very noticeable and odd lack of judgmentalness, honestly with the things being preached from Genesis. And when I actually showed up in person, I saw shared experiences, advocacy, and meaningful change. You are very clearly my people. Almost exactly a year ago today, um, back way back when, in the days of yore, when you could just show up and go inside other people's houses you didn't know, I arrived as a tag-along friend um, inside the Patton's living room to this weird thing called Midrash. I figured this Rick guy was probably okay since he was married to Becky and it seemed like every message I'd ever heard from her, uh, she had like a direct line to my soul and was speaking to it. But still, they didn't know me. <laughs> I didn't actually know them other than what I had heard. Um, but I recognized that this whole thing was about a bigger desire that I had um, ultimately to find a way to give the Bible back to myself. Um, I wanted to begin to hear and cultivate my own interpretation rather than just hearing the voices and interpretations of others as I read it. You see, I had only recently begun to think that my voice even had something to say, <laughs> that I could perhaps even trust my own voice. Glennon Doyle described how I felt similarly and obviously much better than I could in her untamed book when she said, the lesson of Adam and Eve, the first formative story I was told about God and a woman was this. When a woman wants more, she defies God, betrays her partner, curses her family and destroys the world. 
We weren't born distrusting and fearing ourselves. That was part of our training. We were taught to believe that who we are in our natural state is bad and dangerous. They convinced us to be afraid of ourselves. So we do not honor our own bodies, curiosity, hunger, judgment, experience, or ambition. Instead, we lock away our true selves. Women who are best at this disappearing act earn the highest praise. She is so selfless. Can you imagine? The epitome of womanhood is to lose oneself completely. I'm not sure if it was without realizing it over the years that I lost myself or if I had grown up in being part of a church culture where it was considered holy to lose oneself. My family of origins beliefs, as well as the church I had been a part of for a decade before, included that you can't be your own authority. You can't trust your body or your feelings because you and your body are always ultimately wrong and sinful. Therefore, my body's default emotion became set to shame. What's tricky is that guilt itself can be a helpful emotion when you've actually done something wrong. I could have done plenty of things differently or better in my life, most assuredly so. However, when the actual truth of I sometimes make poor choices and I miss the mark turns into I am fundamentally bad, you walk around with shame inside your body, stuck there for 36 years, and sometimes you even call it a holy conviction. You also have the possibility of spending the rest of time just rationalizing or ignoring your central nervous system's other signals entirely. Scott Erickson stated, shame believes one lacks what it takes to be loved and must endeavor to earn that back. Page 44 in the given chapter of that Honest Advent book, if you're playing along at home. To compound my shame isters, isters, I don't even know what an ister is, but I'm still going. <laughs> to compound my shame issues, I have a pretty tricky belief that I need to perform to be loved. So... That one's really hard for me, though, you guys, because I actually like literal performing. I mean, come on. You want to go to an improv class later? Yes. Yes, I do. Chip's cousin Enid. Yes, I do. But, I mean, I want to be liked. I enjoy it when people clap for me and I receive non-patronizing head pats. Um... Also, as any other Enneagram number of my type will tell you, fun is good and pain is the worst. So when people, especially important people close to you, might not like you or recognize that they liked you better when you were performing, ouch, <sighs> that hurts. But ultimately, friends, back to Honest Advent, trying to earn love inevitably fails because works can never truly hear the, heal the fear of being left alone because of your real. At some point, you just want to be loved for your real, the actual state of the matter of you. So my new beginning this year is an intentional and difficult choice to be real with those who are closest to me, and it's terrifying. It really requires excruciating courage. Maybe I'll keep having it. I hope so. Because when I've started, it's been hard. I've been informed by some that I'm being lost to the world, even though I feel like I have a closer and more profound relationship with Jesus than I ever have. And I maybe even actually hear the Holy Spirit now, when maybe I never did before. But when I'm not playing my part the way that they want me to play it anymore, it affects my relationships with them. It hurts, and it's gonna keep hurting when my real or parts of my real get rejected. But if anything, this year has proven that I can be hurt and I can feel pain and survive, especially if I know that the purpose of bearing that pain is how I get to the hope. The reality of hope is that it becomes all the more powerful with suffering. 
may it be known that the giver of existence took the same risk we all have to take daily, to be seen and known as the person we really are. The risk of incarnation is the risk of love. And love risks heartbreak, rejection, and being sold out by your friends, because love is also the animating source that brings about all the wonderful things in an incarnation, like companionship, joy, healing, wholeness, and being seen and known in the world. Honest Advent, page 101. So, everybody, Hineni, here I am. Good morning, Genesis family. Uh, my name is Adam Lamro. You've probably seen more of my hands uh, than my face in the last uh, 12 months or so, and I'm probably okay with that. Um, first, I just want to say that when Steve and Will asked me to participate in the videos for New Beginning Sunday, I was incredibly honored. Um, I, I remember, uh, wildly uncomfortable this weather, um, but I remember watching and taking part in this, in this Sunday in years past, and it's always meant a lot to me to hear from other people. So I'm hoping that, uh, this might be helpful for you too. Um, and there's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of weight that comes with it comes with speaking in front of people and that gives me quite a bit of pause. Uh, I have been, this last year, uh, 2020 of all things, was a year that I decided to try saying yes more often. Um, I was asked to be a part of the worship team at Genesis and I had not done that for 13 years. Prior to that, I gotten burnt out and just decided to call it quits right as Crystal and I were getting married. Um, and this year it seemed like the time just started up again for whatever reason. Uh, and I don't know, even though it, it seems, you know, in hindsight to be fairly clear, I, I still can't say with hundred percent certainty whether or not I felt God leading me there. Um, and that can take the, can be a product of uh, my mental health. I have been diagnosed with both depression and anxiety, which is cool. Uh, nice little uh, double dip there. Um, but between that and the, uh, the pandemic and the trauma that comes with it, um, by the end of this year, I have become less sure about just about everything than I believe I've been maybe in my entire adult life. Um, yeah, just mind blowing what a year like this can do to people, uh, and to me for sure. Um, I feel, even though that I have involved myself more in a church than I have in a long time, I feel more like a fraud as a person of faith. Uh, I, I, it's probably part of my imposter syndrome, which rears its head big time with music, but 
you know, why not extend it to faith matters as well? Um, um, at the end of this year, I'm more tired than I've been in my entire life. And it is an absolute struggle to find hope and joy, as I'm sure so many of you are feeling. Uh, but at the same time, for me, it seems like it's been a part of my life, either because of depression or because of something else, um, for what feels like two decades now. And I've tried to write it off as a dry period spiritually, um, while hating some of that language, it, it seems like that's maybe what it was. But the, la the longer it goes on, the less it seems like a season, and the more like the way it's just going to be for me. And that is, is terrifying. <laughs> it really is. I don't know. I don't see a way out of it, and, and maybe again, as so many of us are experiencing, maybe it's just this year, this horrible, horrible year, but um, as I have been saying yes more often, I'm finishing this year less sure of anything than, than I've been ever. And I know Steve has talked about that being a, a, an opportunity for formation and for growth. I don't feel it right now, but um, it's pretty smart. So maybe there's something to it. I don't know. I'm just trying to be more gracious with myself and give myself more slack this year. Hopefully you can too. Good luck. Hi, Genesis. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Hannah Twyman, and I've been with Genesis now for, I don't know, uh, four years about, or close to it, possibly. And the new beginning I wanted to share with you uh, today is not really so much a brand new new beginning uh, or anything like that, but it's a new beginning that actually has began for the most part this past year, uh, actually almost a year ago at the end of this month. And that would be me becoming aware and, and being honest with myself and, and accepting who I truly am, uh, my identity. So for those who do not know me, uh, I am transgender. Uh, I identify as a woman. I go by the pronouns she, her, and hers. And I began that journey, like I said, almost a year ago. Uh, and I came to the realization after years and years of trying to hush myself up, ignore what these little inklings and frustrations and urging, no, not urging, but uh, different feelings inside me uh, and thoughts uh, of telling me or giving me hints of who I was, but I didn't have the language around that uh, and didn't have the courage 
even to step into that, to acknowledge that, to uh, honor that. And so I finally got to that point uh, uh, this past year uh, where I was able to say and see myself as God truly sees me, I believe at least, uh, as, as a woman. And so I stepped into that. I took the risk to step into that and be me, truly me, uh, no matter what else might happen, who, uh, I was gonna live my reality, my identity, it, it be, step into that identity and not ignore it, not feel shame over that, anything like that. So, so I have stepped into this new beginning and it's a beginning that's probably gonna last a while as I get to be more and more comfortable uh, with myself, uh, find out who I truly am uh, and learn and grow. And I, I, like I said, I really truly believe this is from something that God has led me to. Um, I believe God doesn't make mistakes. God made me as I am. And it was for various reasons that I ignored that or didn't want to admit that, uh, was afraid of that or how other people might react. And I believe God though loves me as I am for who I am. And I need to learn to do that myself, for myself. And so that's the new beginning I'm stepping into right now. Uh, and going forward, uh, it's gonna be a, a process. And I'm hoping more and more to be able to use my voice as part of my new beginning to be able to help educate and, and, and share my journey and my experience and what being transgender is and, and find, giving support to uh, uh, the transgender community and the LGBTQIA plus community as a whole. Uh, I, I feel more and more led to be able to use my voice to be able to give this to the greater community, to Genesis as well as beyond. So that's my journey. That's my story for now. It's, it's growing, it's changing. And I, I'm really excited about that. Um, and like I said, it's a process though of me believing and stepping into who I truly am. Uh, it's, it's not always easy, uh, but I truly believe this is me. And I gotta be honest with myself so I can be honest with others and, and be able to share my journey with others. So uh, I'm glad to be able to be here and share this with you. Uh, and happy new year to everyone at Genesis. And uh, hopefully we talk soon. Love you all, bye. Well, thank you so much, uh, Laura and Adam and Hannah. Can we just give it up for those three, you guys? Um, someone said on the chat, I love, I think it was Mitch, I love New Beginning Sunday. So do I. I think it is my favorite service of the year to hear people so courageously share uh, the ways in which they are stepping into something that feels uh, unsteadying. <laughs> and 
sometimes scary, but also undeniable. And I'm so glad that we're a part of a community that can share these new beginnings with each other and that can support each other in them. Amen. <laughs> that can um, lean into one another in our and give each other strength and um, give each other the courage to step into those uh, beginnings when they come our way. It's it's so good. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions, questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.